0: Hello, and welcome to the weekly message podcast from Crozet United Methodist Church. We invite you to join us in person any Sunday for our contemporary service at 9 a.m. or for our more traditional service at 11 a.m. We also stream full services live on our Facebook page. Please visit us online at www.crozetunitedmethodist.org for further information. We hope you enjoy this week's message from Crozet UMC. We are here this evening with the incredible opportunity to remember and in some ways reenact what Jesus was doing in the Gospel account of John. There is some divergence in how people celebrate the Thursday of Holy Week because for some they are engaging in the sacrament of Holy Communion, which would make it a Holy Thursday worship service. And for others, they are remembering the foot washing. There might be foot washing available to all who gather, or there might be some who have been called up to be a symbol in the foot washing. But here, we are celebrating Monday Thursday with an invitation for all to come and wash their hands. Because the washing, the cleansing, is of great emphasis in the Gospel account of John. For some of us, it recalls our baptism being cleansed of our guilt, in some cases even before we were able to knowingly sin. And for others of us, it reminds us of the life-giving rejuvenation that comes when we are washed clean. But no matter how we come this evening to the source of the water, we are gathered here with the opportunity to be reminded that God loves us and so has given us a great commandment. Jesus gathered with those apostles that first night, and according to the Gospel account of John, he said to them, I'm going to set a standard for you, a model, I'm going to show you something that I want you to do for one another. And so he washed their feet. Now this would not have been normative during the Passover. It was commanded of God's people in the book of Exodus that they should eat the Passover with their sandals on, their coats on, and their staff in their hands, as it was that first night when God passed over all of the houses of Israel and prevented them from being struck down by the plague of the firstborn. But as time continued and people began to have a much more normative experience of the Passover meal, they probably continued certain pieces of that. They might not have stood around with a staff in their hand if they were no longer shepherds, but they would have remembered that this meal was meant to be eaten rapidly, for they were going to be called out and sent away and driven out, says God. Pharaoh will drive you out from the land. And so it was meant to be a very rapid meal. But in the course of the experience in the Gospel account of John, Jesus says something about 14 verses later in verse 34 Jesus says I give you a new commandment that you love one another just as I have loved you you also should love one another by this everyone will know that you are my disciples if you have love for one another and so he gives them a new commandment he has given them so much during the course of his earthly ministry And he has repeatedly shown them things, given them experiences, allowed them to see God incarnate in a new way. And then all of a sudden, he gives them another commandment. And if you've ever been in that place in your life where you feel like you are barely treading water, and if one more person asks you to do one more thing, you're going to drown, I imagine that's how the apostles were feeling. It had been a very tumultuous week for them. And it was not over. And Jesus had already begun to say some things that were disconcerting and upsetting that were going to cause anxiety in his apostles. In between the text that I read you, verses 1 and 20, and then 34 and 35 that I just read to you, there's all kinds of inner circle drama. Jesus has told them that one of them will betray him. And they are already upset at that truth. And already they are starting to try to figure out what is happening. This doesn't seem like a night like any other. What is he doing? Now in the other three gospel accounts, Matthew, Mark, and Luke, Jesus is preparing them for his betrayal. He is preparing to leave them. And he is doing the same thing in the gospel account of John. But it's going to be much longer in time. He has a lot to say. The discourse over this time period is rather long, multiple chapters in the Gospel account of John. In fact, some of the most profound things that Jesus says that we still cling to when we are feeling afraid or anxious or nervous, we still read the text from the Gospel account of John. In chapter 14, we hear the words that are often used in Methodist services of death and resurrection. My peace I give to you. I do not give to you as the world gives. Do not let your hearts be troubled, and do not let them be afraid. And so Jesus has so much to say, but we don't want to focus so much on what he says that we miss what he is doing. What is he doing? He's doing something that no one expected him to do. He is getting down on the ground, which was extremely filthy, and he is handling feet of people who walk everywhere they go, and their feet are filthy, and they are wearing their sandals. And so he unties their sandals and he cleans their feet. And Peter, God love him, misses the point. Peter thinks, I can't have you do this to me. You you are above me. You cannot be down there cleaning my feet. And so at first he resists. And then Jesus says something that Peter takes very seriously. Jesus tells him, if I don't wash you, you have no share with me. And having drawn that line, Peter quickly gets over on the other side and says, oh, not just my feet, Lord, please, my hands and my head, wash all of me, because I want a share of you. It harkens back to the Old Testament when the prophet Elijah was getting ready to be carried away in a chariot of fire, and his successor, Elisha, was following. And as they're having a discussion heading to the place where the chariot will come and pick up Elijah, Elisha says, I want a double portion of your spirit. I want a share of you. And Elijah says, that is not mine to give. But if that is what you want and you are able to see me ascend, then God will give that to you. And so sure enough, Elijah watches and is able to see it. And then to test it, he takes the mantle off of his shoulders and he slaps it against the River Jordan and the waters part the water parts for Elisha. And that is what Peter is asking for. He wants a double portion of that spirit. He wants to be able to continue all of the wonderful things that he has seen and experienced in Jesus' earthly ministry. He doesn't understand that in less than 24 hours, Jesus is going to be dead He doesn't understand that he, too, will betray Jesus, not to the extent of Judas Iscariot, but he, too, will deny Jesus and walk away, not going to stand up for him. And this is what begins all of that, this incredible showing of sacrifice and service, this revelation of what Jesus is willing to do for us. And as Christians who believe in the salvation of the cross, we also believe in the salvific power of the sacrament of baptism. It's by design this evening that the font is down here where we normally do baptisms, and we will pour water in here. We will pray that God can use that water to bless us. But we will not be baptizing ourselves. We will not be baptizing one another. But instead, once more, we will ask God to save God's people and remind us of that salvation through water. It was through the waters of chaos that God brought forth creation in Genesis chapter 1. It was through the waters that God saved God's people as they were fleeing from Egypt, parting the waters that they might walk on dry land. And again, in order to enter into the promised land, the Jordan was parted. The river Jordan became dry land that they too might walk into the promise that God had given their ancestors, Abraham, Isaac, and Jacob. God has consistently used water to bless us. When the water was bitter in Meribah, God made it clean. When there was no water, God brought it forth from rocks. When there was no rain, God was able to send rain. God has consistently used water. And then in the New Testament, God uses the water of the womb to give us God's greatest gift. God's self in human form. And so once more, water is an opportunity for us to be reminded of all these mighty acts of God's salvation, all of these incredible opportunities that God has used to draw us closer to God's self and one another. And this evening, you too will have that opportunity. It's called Monday Thursday when we read the emphasis on foot washing from the gospel account of John because it comes from the Latin mandatum, which means mandate. And it is about the mandate that I read to you, the new commandment, you will love others as I have loved you. And if you were with us on Palm Sunday, I kind of teased that that's a lot harder than we think it should be. It's one thing to love your neighbor as you love yourself. It's another to love God with all that you are, but then to have them united, that you will love others as God has loved you is quite difficult. Sometimes it's hard to love ourselves as God has loved us. Sometimes we struggle to even forgive ourselves, much less forgive one who has sinned against us. And tonight is an opportunity to wash all of that away, to come forward and to feel the waters, the warmth of those waters, and know that nothing sticks to you because of God's grace. Some of us are coming and washing our hands of all of the suffering and the experiences of the pandemic that prevented us from doing this for quite a long time. Some of us are coming here because we need to feel with the sensation beyond words that God's love and grace are for us. And those warm waters convey that so powerfully. Some of us are coming here because we are wrestling with who we are called to be. What is it that God wants from me now? Who am I supposed to be come Easter morning? Because tomorrow when all of our sins are on the cross, who are we as liberated people if we wake up on Easter knowing that we will not end in death? Who are we? This is the beginning of that journey. It's an inward journey, but today it is exterior. We come here for a multitude of reasons, and God can do anything God wants. And what you need, God can give you. And what you desire, God is able to bless. And so we come and we ask for that, because we have a mandate, a commandment, and it is one of the most difficult things Jesus has ever asked of us. Some of us would go back and negotiate with Jesus, Do I have to love others as you have loved me, or can I just take up my cross and follow you? That might be a little easier if I just take up my cross. But for some of us, our cross is loving others as we have been loved, forgiving as we have been forgiving, letting others know that we have experienced God's unparalleled, unmerited favor, and we are willing to offer that to others. But it's that inward struggle of are we willing to offer? that brings us here. And for some, it's a lot easier to focus on the liturgy of Holy Communion, to say the words of the prayer of confession and pardon, to receive God's grace, to come and taste for ourselves. But tonight is about being prepared to go forth. Tonight is about being made ready to carry out that commandment. We have an incredibly loving God who would never ask us to do something that God won't equip us to do and because of that we come here to be equipped what is in the water whatever you need the holy spirit is able to make this water be what you need just like on pentecost the holy spirit was able to make a bunch of galileans into incredible orators who knew all kinds of very cosmopolitan languages god can do anything we're going to remember that tomorrow, but we're going to experience it tonight. Amen. And so in a moment, you will, be, you will be given the opportunity to come as you feel ready and led. Asking for whatever it is that you need and opening yourselves to receive it. To come and touch the waters that have been prayed over where we invoke the presence and the movement of the Holy Spirit that we might be blessed. And in that moment, may you find that when you come here, God meets you, greets you, and shows you the kind of love that you need to be inspired and challenged to love as you have been loved. May it be so. In the name of the Father and the Son and the Holy Spirit, we pray. Amen.